Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. As you guys know, my favorite episode of the week. We are going to step into the film room, go over all of my film notes from my review of the All-22 Coaches tape. I'm going to tell you what I saw from the Tennessee Titans on offense and defense from a schematic standpoint. That's right, we are going to break down the X's and the O's on this Rewatch Wednesday edition, but that's not it. The Titans made some roster moves on Tuesday, some of them expected, some of them unexpected. I'm going to tell you what those roster moves were and what they mean going forward for the Titans roster. So we got roster moves, we got film notes on a Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, very excited to dive into another Rewatch Wednesday edition. I caught some really good stuff on tape from the Titans this week that I am excited to share with you all. First, we do have to talk about all the roster moves and roster changes that the Titans made on Tuesday. Before we get into that, I want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. Now, if this is your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Check out the Locked On Titans YouTube channel, subscribe, and smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Check me out on social media as well, at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. I did a Tic Tac Tuesday posting all of the film clips that kind of preface the conversation that we're having today. So make sure that you check that out once again at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Check out the show Facebook page as well at Locked on Titans Pod. But we're going to dive right in here to the roster moves that the Titans made on Tuesday and what they mean. First and foremost, the Titans did make the Adrian Peterson signing official. Now I do want to say Adrian Peterson is at least to start signing to the Titans practice squad. Now, the way that this works, every, well, since the beginning of last year, 2020, basically you have the ability to elevate someone from the practice squad to the game day roster twice. After that, if you want them to play on Sunday, you got to put them on your active roster. So just for roster loopholes and to make it easier to move pieces around, I would expect the Titans to leave Peterson on the practice squad with the intention of bringing him up to the active game day roster for the next two weeks. Now, that may be news that should take a backseat to the bigger news that everybody wants to talk about, and that is Adrian Peterson's number selection. So obviously, Peterson throughout his career was famous for wearing the number 28, but currently that is with Jeremy McNichols. And I know that there are sometimes some money exchange for numbers, but that's usually done in the offseason. So Adrian Peterson will wear number eight 
for the Tennessee Titans. Now, number eight is my personal favorite number because of my attachment to Kobe Bryant and his early career. Obviously, there are leftover feelings there with Marcus Mariota as well, so that is taken into account, but I think the number eight on Peterson, gonna look awesome. Very excited to watch him rock my favorite number for the Tennessee Titans, but that is the Peterson news. Now, in a move that I have been talking about since the Henry injury was announced, not only on the show yesterday, but also on Twitter. The Titans brought in another running back to help with the Henry loss, and it's a guy that you all should know. Deontay Foreman caught a touchdown pass for the Titans in 2020, has been with the organization at times. He also is being signed to the Titans practice squad. I would imagine that he could get an elevation on game day as well. I have been saying that you can't just replace Derrick Henry with one man. Those carries are going to have to be split up and divvied out amongst numerous people. The three people I wanted to see were Peterson, McNichols, and Deontay Foreman. So I got exactly what I was hoping for from the Titans, and it's what I predicted in the second segment of yesterday's show. So you like to see that Foreman will rock the number 45 for the Titans. That wasn't it, though. The Titans made other moves on Tuesday as well. Number one, kind of a surprise, but they released veteran linebacker Avery Williamson. Now, there was some hype, some excitement for Williamson to potentially take Rashawn Evans' snaps. Well, I guess that is absolutely not happening, and it's probably because after the signing of Williamson, Rashawn Evans had his two best games of the season against Buffalo and against Kansas City. He did have to sit due to injury in that game against the Colts, but I think that moves me into my larger point here. The release of Williamson tells me a couple of things. Number one, Rashawn Evans will be healthy this week. He won't miss this week's game, at least how things look right now. It also tells me that Titans linebacker Jayon Brown should be getting closer to being ready to go, and it also tells me as well that the Titans have more faith in rookie linebacker Monty Rice after his performance against the Colts than they had prior to that. If the Titans weren't confident in Monty Rice, they would have started Avery Williamson. They would have played him the snaps in that game, and Avery Williamson would still be with the organization. So, kind of a surprise based on our initial uh, reaction to the Williamson move for the Titans, but... If you look at everything that's taken place since, it does make sense. Now, the Titans also cut some players off of the practice squad. A guy who started for the Titans this week, and I thought played a pretty good game, Eli Anku, the defensive lineman. He is gone. Uh, Karan Reed, he is gone as well off the defensive line of the practice squad. And then Makai Sargent, the running back, undrafted free agent out of Iowa, who we all kind of fell in love with. Yes, Drill Sargent. Uh, he has gone as well. So it looks like the Titans are, are looking to go with Foreman. They're looking to go with McNichols. They're looking to go with Hilliard because Hilliard can provide value in the return game. And then they got Peterson as well to be that hammer back. So sad to see Sargent go, but that is a move that had to be made. Now, the cuts on the defensive line tell me one thing, that Tyre Tart uh, should not, Tier Tart should not be out for much longer. He missed the game against the Colts. That shouldn't be the case. The Titans wouldn't feel comfortable cutting two players off the defensive line on the practice squad if they didn't think that Tart would be ready to go for this game. The Titans also made two other additions to the practice squad. Defensive back Nate Brooks and defensive lineman Niall Scott. So that is going to do it for the Titans. Transactions and roster moves on Tuesday. We are now going to step into the film room, dive into my film notes, 
for our Rewatch Wednesday segments. Very excited to dive into that before we do. Got to tell you guys about an incredible app that anyone who buys gas has to know about. It's called Get Upside. Right now, my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And when you do, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, one word, TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus. 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot make up to $200, $300 a month in cash back, and the best part is, there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your GetUpside account, and then you can cash out to your bank account, your PayPal, or even an e-gift card like for Amazon. Download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. Titans fans, let's dive right back into this Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. want to first thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if this is your first listen ever, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But we are going to start with the defensive side of the ball. So I was at this game, and when I'm at the game, not going to lie to you guys, I try to kind of put the analysis brain away and just really enjoy the experience and be a fan of a team that I have loved for over 20 years now. So diving into the tape this week was a little bit different than a normal week for me. I saw a lot of things that I didn't necessarily notice when I was at the game, but one thing I did notice when I was at the game The Titans played man coverage all day long. Now, of course, on early downs, the Titans mixed in some zones and and things of that nature, and the Colts took advantage of that. I'll make that note in a second. But overall, I just want to say that the Titans played a a heavy, heavy majority of man coverage in this game. And honestly, it set up some things that were, were big for the Titans' defense later on in the game as the chess match started to be played. The Titans played a ton of man coverage, and it makes sense. The Colts don't really have any receiving options that really scare you outside of Michael Pittman. Jack Doyle, Mo Alley-Cox, they don't really have any true explosiveness. Mo Alley-Cox is a big-bodied you know, basketball-type guy, but he's not somebody who's like a Kelsey that you're going to worry about over the middle. T.Y. Hilton, you just got to make sure he doesn't burn you on the deep crossers. But outside of that, nothing special there at his age. Zach Pascal, nothing really to worry about there. So the Titans said, you're not going to beat our guys one-on-one consistently all day long. And quite frankly, the Colts really weren't able to in this game. It's kind of a combination of the penalties and other factors that really helped the Colts offense have healthiness in this game. So the Titans played a ton of man coverage, used that as the baseline. Now, in the red zone, The Titans, of course, played man coverage, but they did it in in a different way. So I I call it a matchup man concept. What the Titans did was they lined up in man formation, and I'll give you an example where it honestly, it, it hurt the Titans on the first touchdown of the day, but they had success with it throughout the day as well. The Titans basically line up 
where let's say Kevin Byard is over the tight end on one side of the field, and on the same side of the field in the slot, Elijah Molden is over the slot wide receiver. Well, what if the tight end goes outside and the slot wide receiver goes inside? Well, what the Titans were doing is they were playing man coverage, but they were doing it in such a way that Kevin Byard would take the inside breaking person and then Molden would take the outside breaking person. So they're playing man coverage, but they're using zone concepts to decide who is taking who. And the Titans do this throughout the day, but they really focused on it in the red zone. And one of the reasons for that is the Colts love to attack the flats in red zone. So you don't want to have Kevin Byard on the inside trying to go over Elijah Molden, who's playing in the slot, to get to the flat. So the Titans just said, hey, if this guy goes outside, I got him. The guy that goes inside, I got him. So it's man coverage, but not just sticking to the man that you're over top at the beginning of the play. And where I said it bit the Titans is because Elijah Molden for on that first touchdown ended up manned up on Michael Pittman and he tried to kind of pass it off. The Colts brought motion from one side of the field to the other. And as Elijah Molden was passing off the motion man and then taking Michael Pittman, basically he was running to that side of the field and then Pittman cut across the field. And because Molden's direction was going to the left or to the right, and then Pittman was going to the left. He just couldn't twist his body around enough. So that concept hurt the Titans in a way, but throughout the day, it really helped them more often than not. Uh, the Colts also really tried over and over to get Pittman matched up against Elijah Molden in the slot. They wanted that physical mismatch because Molden is a smaller, shorter cornerback. Pittman, obviously, a, a tall, big-bodied receiver, and it worked for him a few times, quite frankly, but that's what you're going to get when the Titans are playing such heavy man coverage. Teams are going to try to create matchups that they want in man. They're going to use motion to change who you're matching up with. So that's something that the Titans are going to have to deal with and just to throughout the rest of the season, but a pretty good job overall. Now, as I was saying, the, the baseline of information is that the Titans played man coverage, but the Titans played a lot of zone on early downs. And one way that the Colts took advantage of that is they threw the ball to their running backs. Here's the thing. If you play man coverage, you're going to be tight on that running back, and you might be right there with them. But if you're playing zone coverage, like you have your outside cornerbacks playing the flats, and then you toss the ball out to Jonathan Taylor, well, now Jonathan Taylor is one-on-one -on -one with that cornerback who's just playing his zone rather than having all his attention on the man himself. And the very first play of the game, the Titans threw that, or the, the Colts threw that flat route at the Jonathan Taylor. He had a one-on-one -on -one with the cornerback, and he beat him to the outside. So the Colts were looking to do that not only with JT, but also with Hines. The Titans were playing zone early on, which makes them susceptible to getting that flat route out there and creating a one-on-one -on -one matchup to Jonathan Taylor. But overall, the Titans tackled pretty well, and they did a good job on that at least well enough to win the game. Remember, I talked about on Sunday's show or Monday's show that this was a heavyweight fight. These guys got knocked down. Not every play was good. It's like the Fury-Wilder fight. Both guys got knocked to the canvas at some point in time. So not every play was good, but it's all about continuing to battle. Also, do want to say that the Colts took advantage of that man coverage as well, trying to create matchups on the perimeter, like I've talked about with the running backs, with the tight ends. On the Jack Doyle touchdown, the Colts did exactly that. They did a play action, and they threw it to Doyle in the flat. And the Titans, because they were playing man co coverage, the guy who was playing man 
on that tight end, was a little too focused on the play-action fake, and that left Doyle wide open for the touchdown. So the Titans, the Colts know the Titans very, very well, and Frank Reich did call a pretty good game overall. It was really Carson Wentz being an idiot that really ruined the Colts' chance to win this game. Moving forward, though, do want to say that the Titans did a great job mixing up coverage later in the game. So they played a ton of man early on, but as we got to the second half, more into the fourth quarter, and then into overtime, the Titans started mixing up their coverages a lot more. They started moving their safeties back and forth, starting with two safeties up high, looking like it's cover two, rolling one of the safeties down into the box, and then moving it into single high coverage, which would then look like a cover three or cover one man. The Titans also did a good job of starting out in, in single high and then rolling safeties back to cover two, all in an attempt to confuse Carson Wentz. And what I really liked was the Titans did some things later in the game that really caused problems for Wentz using that philosophy of rolling the safeties and disguising coverage. We'll get there with my last point on the defense. What I do want to say is from a run defense standpoint, the Titans did a pretty good job. What they were doing is when the Colts came out with one tight end, they would be in a four-man front. If the Colts did bring out a two-tight end set, the Titans would then go with a five-man front because they didn't want to give up too much beef on the front line. So the Titans playing that chess game. You're going to bring two tight ends in, which the Colts were playing in a lot of 11 with three wide receivers on the day because that's the that's how they wanted to attack the Titans in the run game and make sure that they weren't overloading in the front and in the box. Well, the Titans were adjusting constantly. You throw those two tight ends out there. We're going to put five on the line of scrimmage so that you can't create matchups. Finally, the things that I want to mention here about the pass coverage, which was really what stood out to me on the day. One thing that the Titans started doing, if the Colts put a tight end and a running back on the same side of the field and then three wide receivers to the other side, the Titans would play zone coverage on the side of the three wide receivers and then because the Colts like to go to their tight ends and their running backs so much, the Titans would play man coverage on the other side of the formation, having a man on a tight end and a man on the running back. The Colts love those quick tosses to the running back. They love those tight end screens. And as a matter of fact, that coverage concept is exactly what resulted in the Elijah Molden pick six at the end of regulation. The Titans were in a zone coverage overall on one side of the field, but on the other side of the field, they had Elijah Molden manned up on the tight end, David Long manned up on the running back, and that allowed Elijah Molden to slide right in and have his eyes focused. The Colts tried to run a tight end screen on that pick six on the goal line, and it didn't work because of Bud Dupree taking on a double team and getting up and forcing pressure on Carson Wentz, but also because the Titans were running that uh, mixed coverage with a little bit of man and some zone, and it allowed Molden to just be laser-focused on Mo Alley-Cox and jump that pass and take advantage. So good stuff there from the Titans schematically, doing things that are specific to the Indianapolis Colts. These teams know each other so well. The Titans had a specific plan of how they wanted to space out their coverages, how they wanted to show their coverage in the first half and then kind of change it in the second half and adjust and another thing that they did here. So, the Colts punted in overtime. And on the big third down that caused the punt, the Titans showed single high coverage with a single high safety at the top. But then they went to that cover two invert that they love to go to. They had Chris Jackson go back as a deep half safety. 
And then they also had Amani Hooker go from the single high alignment in the center of the field over to a deep half. And then they used Kevin, or not Kevin Byer, they let Kevin Byer drop down. And they had David Long carry the seam through the middle of the field going up in that Tampa 2 alignment. So that caused the third down. Well, then the Titans used the same coverage, but flipped it. They had Kevin Byard as the single high, like Amani Hooker was, for the interception. And then they did the cover two invert. But instead of Kevin Byard going over to one half of the field to be a, a cover two safety, like we saw from Amani Hooker in that position, they had Kevin Byard take over the Tampa two middle of the field. So they did the same exact coverage, but they gave different people different roles. Carson Wentz expected the cover two and expected the zone, but then Kevin Byard from his middle position was able to follow Michael Pittman on the deep cross over the field that, based on what Wentz saw last time, would be open, but it wasn't open this time because the Titans ran the same coverage concept, but they ran it using different roles for different players from different alignments, and it allowed the Titans to get that interception and set up the game-winning field goal. So some, some incredible schematic stuff from the Titans on defense. You can see all of that on my Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, where I broke it all down on a Tic Tac Tuesday thread. That is going to do it for the defense, though. We are going to move into the offensive side of the ball, which was a little bit of a struggle, but I have some, some good nuggets for you guys there as well. Before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about betonline.ag. It's the number one spot to bet all of your sports action this fall, they have basketball, they have football, they have postseason baseball, they have NHL, they have boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So make sure that you check out their brand new website with a brand new interface. You can use your laptop, your desktop, even your mobile device. Sign up for free today and use the promo code Locked On. And when you do make your first deposit with that promo code Locked On, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's literally free money when you use promo code Locked On for your first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, do have to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy from our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is, like I said, the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you haven't tried Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They tell you it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like any protein bar I have ever had. It tastes more like a candy bar. Quite frankly, the, all the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They have a ton of different flavors. My favorite is the cookie dough chunk or the salted caramel, but they literally have something for everyone. So make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. They have brand new limited flavors coming out every three to four days. So make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, we are going to cap off this rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by breaking down everything I saw on film from the Tennessee Titans offense. Before we get into that, do want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, though, you got your Titans news here with me. Now it's time to get informed on the national 
NFL news. And you can do that with the Peacock and Williamson podcast hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They give you the national perspective on all the latest NFL news Monday through Friday. So check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. But diving into the offensive side of the ball here. So the number one thing that stood out to me was A.J. Brown on offense. The Titans couldn't get the run game going, and they just went to A.J. over and over, 10 catches, 155 yards, and a touchdown. But how did they create all of these opportunities for A.J. Brown? They didn't just line him up against Xavier Rhodes outside over and over and over again. No, they tried to create advantageous matchups for their best offensive pass catcher, and it is A.J. Brown. That means that the Titans put A.J. Brown in the slot quite a bit. They wanted to get him matched up with Kenny Moore, but also, where is the defense vulnerable when the Titans do those play-action fakes? They're vulnerable over the middle of the field. So now, by putting A.J. Brown in the slot... Not only are you getting him matched up against Kenny Moore instead of Xavier Rhodes, you're also giving him easier opportunities to get to the middle of the field. So A.J. Brown took a lot of advantage of the Colts in those scenarios. Also, do want to mention that in the run game, it was such a struggle because the Colts basically just flooded the line of scrimmage. And the Titans' three tight end sets, if the Titans put three tight ends out there, the Colts just put everybody on the line of scrimmage. And that makes it tough because one of the number one most successful run plays that the Titans have used this year is duo. And duo consists of two double teams up front, whether it be uh, the center and the guard and then the tackle and the tight end, or whether it be the center and the guard and the tackle and, and the tackle and the guard on the other side. Either way, there are two double teams up front. But it's really hard to double team if every single person on the line of scrimmage has somebody ahead of them. You can't double team then. You just got a one-on-one take your guy. And what the Colts were doing is they were just flooding the line of scrimmage with one guy behind the line of scrimmage. So now every single lineman is taken up by a one-on-one block. You can't double team, get to the second level, and then it allows one of the guys who's at the second level to roam free, which was obviously Bobby Okereke or Darius Leonard. So the Colts just had a really good plan for how to stop the Titans' duo double teams up front. Um, made it very, very difficult for them to get anything going in the run game. The Colts did play man against those three tight end sets as well, which allowed the Titans to to get A.J. Brown in some good situations. A.J. Brown's touchdown, the 55-yarder, 56-yarder, whatever it happened to be exactly, on that play, the Titans went into three tight end, and they were like, okay, we know that we are going to get man coverage here. And what did I just tell you? Where is A.J. Brown most successful on the field? Over the middle. Well, as the Titans started to do last year, when teams were playing the middle of the field so heavily and kind of conceding the outsides, they started faking those in-breaking routes and then cutting to the outside. We saw Corey Davis fake those deep crossers and turn them into deep corner routes last year with great success, especially against the Ravens in the regular season where it really started popping up for the Titans. It's an adjustment. Teams are expecting the Titans to use those in-breaking routes. That's what they do so well. Play-action fake, hit AJ over the middle. We've seen it over and over again. Well, on that touchdown pass, the Titans went into three tight end, got the man coverage that the Colts had been playing throughout the day, and A.J. Brown faked over the middle and then bursted to the sideline, and Rhodes couldn't keep up with him. 
down the sideline for a touchdown. So that's a great adjustment by Todd Downing, noticing how the Colts are playing certain situations and certain formations, and then changing the routes that are being run to attack that. So I really like that as well. The Titans also took advantage of the Colts playing man coverage. The Colts played man coverage against the Titans quite a bit because that's what teams have done to have success against the Titans offense throughout the season. They had success against the Titans in man coverage last year as well, not the Colts, just in general. That is the formula to beat this Titans offense. That's why they went out and got Julio Jones, quite frankly, because you need guys who can win one-on-one if that's how teams are going to try to play the Titans offense. Well, a good way to take advantage of that is using bunch and trips formations to kind of give guys free releases against man coverage, but also use motion. So on the Nick Westbrook-Akina touchdown, just excellent stuff from Todd Downing. He knew that he was going to get man coverage in the red zone from the Colts. So what he did was Derrick Henry was on the right side of Ryan Tannehill and shotgun. He motioned Derrick Henry before the snap to the left side. What that did was that took the safety that was playing man coverage on Henry and it moved him from the right side of the offensive formation to the left side of the offensive formation, which created a huge hole in the end zone on the right side. Well, the Titans had A.J. Brown vertically release and then they had Nick Westbrook-Akina do a slant right behind him into that open area of the field that was vacated by the safety because the safety followed Derrick Henry to the other side of the field because of the motion. Not only does motion identify coverage, oh, he's staying with him, that's man, but it also opens up an area of the field when used correctly, as Todd Downing did on that touchdown. So, Really like to see that. As I was saying earlier, the Titans are expected to run in-breaking routes. Well, they started running a ton of out-breaking routes in this game, and it definitely caused some confusion for the Colts. The Titans had a ton of completions on the sideline by their wide receivers in this game. Well, I wouldn't say a ton, but but a good amount because the Titans knew the Colts were waiting for those over-of-the-middle situations. That's how both of the interceptions happened. There was almost a third interception where Darius Leonard got his hands on the ball over the middle. The Titans said, okay, if you're going to play the middle so heavily, we're going to fake middle and we're going to go outside. And it's a great adjustment and it worked for the Titans quite a few times. The Titans couldn't get anything working in the screen game, though. The Colts simply have too fast of defensive linemen, too fast of linebackers for that to work. And I also do want to mention that the interior of the offensive line, I gave them a tighten down because I even noticed while I was there, but they had a horrible game. Ben Jones in the run game could not cross the face of any of the defensive tackles. Grover Stewart really dominated Ben Jones in this game if we're going to keep it a buck. And then Roger Saffold had like a a nine pass-blocking pro football focus grade. And I thought, well, that doesn't really make any sense. But no, it made all the sense in the world. DeForest Buckner destroyed Roger Saffold in, in pass protection in this game. Just despicable. And when Ryan Tannehill got destroyed at the end of regulation and hurt his neck, it was because Roger Saffold got a clown suit put on him by DeForest Buckner. And I was pretty disappointed with Saffold after the play. He didn't even go help Tannehill up. He kind of just acted like, oh, whatever. Very disappointed in that reaction. But overall, got to love Saffold. Been a good signing, so not going to kill him. But anyways... The last note that I want to make is the Titans did use quite a bit of five-wide spread in this game. They wanted to spread the Colts' uh, defense out. One or two reasons. If the Colts were going to play zone, by spreading it out, you're going to create easier holes in the zone by being spread out and being able to come into the middle. If they're playing man, 
Then, once again, you put A.J. Brown in the slot, you get him on Kenny Moore, you do some motion, you get some open areas of opportunity. So the Titans are like, okay, you want to do that? This is how we will adjust. So a lot of great adjustments from Todd Downing in this game. But that's going to do it for me, folks. That is our rewatch Wednesday for the Week 8 matchup against the Colts, my favorite episode of the week. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. I will be back for a crossover Thursday episode. It'll be me and my boy Sosa from Locked on Rams. Very excited for that. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream so you don't miss that episode. But that is going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.